Hey friends, you're listening to Worst Show Ever. I'm CJ Boyd. I'm here with Monica Arrington, Nerd Queen. We are in the public library in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I'm stoked that Monica thought of this. We were, we were trying to find a place to meet up and it was seemed like it wasn't going to work out for a second. And, um, the library. I need to do more, yeah. more stuff at the library. Look at your tax dollars working. <laughs> right. Yeah, I just rolled into Atlanta uh, this morning and playing a show tonight and taking off probably tonight after the show. So it's, it's nice to just make a little little stop and get mm-hmm. to talk to you about your worst show ever. Um, we, we've known each other for a while. We've played some shows together. Big fan of your music. So, um, yeah, thanks yeah. for thanks for being on the show. Thank you. The same year. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, let me know what's, um, so tell me about your worst show. worst show ever. Yeah. Um, you know what is so funny? It's like, I'm that kind of person that kind of lets things roll off her back. Sure. And so it was actually kind of hard for me to, to decide what yeah. a worst show is when really there's been lots of interesting, I call it interesting. Right. Situations <laughs> that happen. It's just like, what in the world just happened here? Yeah. You're like... People would never see. I should write a book. People would never believe the things that I've seen, but right. not feel like it's like horrible. But I did have to make a decision, so I decided on this for maybe for a few reasons. But um, it was so so long ago. This was maybe around the time when the original Afropunk movie came out. Okay. Now this in this dates both of us I'm sure <laughs> but before there was whatever is Afropunk now there was the movie okay, the documentary I don't, oh you've never no, seen I've it never oh seen yeah it. so you've got to see it I've heard about it but I, yeah. yeah it's awesome okay but yeah so round about that time when once the documentary came out yeah um at least here in Atlanta there was like this feeling of hey, we need to start supporting, you know, African-American and minorities doing things other than, like, what most people assume that we play right. and perform. Right. So, so do you have a sense of when this was? I'm trying to just date it a little bit. Um, This would be maybe maybe 2003 or okay. 4. Okay, yeah. You know, so, yeah, around about that time. So, yeah, super long time ago. And, and again, I don't want to name any names or, you know, incriminate the innocent or whatever so and I still I do talk to a few of these people still so there was one friend who he wanted to put this together this particular type of show and I think this was his first attempt at doing it he did since do it again at least two other times okay so he you know he was a studio engineer and he was also a musician too so he had that access of knowing a lot of people Mm-hmm. And he asked me, as far as like I guess the experimental singer songwriter type yeah. thing going on, and then he asked um, another friend that I know that he does strictly experimental noise elements with, yeah. with pedals and things like that. He also asked a, at least another group, a duo. I can't quite remember what they did, but it was definitely all, all of the acts were different. Okay. Um, there was also, I would call it a pop slash emo band. Okay. And then there was a, a heavier rock. I don't know exactly if it was death metal, black metal, whatever. It was, okay. like, I will just call it really heavy rock. Okay. 
Bam. And just to be clear too, you're saying you mentioned the Afropunk film. These are black folks doing kind of like music that is not typically thought of as as black folks doing. Is that mm-hmm. that's the sort of the theme of the show? Yes. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So it was. I feel like it was a hodgepodge, but at the same time, it was great because. You know, again, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, black people do a certain thing and that's what we did, right. but it was, you right. know, quite the opposite. So I guess that was his feeling like, hey, look, you know, like we're doing all yeah. kinds of things out here. So, yeah, especially in Atlanta, I mm-hmm. feel like, I mean, this is one of the things I love about Atlanta, but I mean, a black majority city that's got all kinds of music going on from the, from one, side of the spectrum to the other to things you haven't th- even thought of before exactly. but yeah 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 and that's what you know he definitely wanted to celebrate that so yeah. i was like okay sure yeah and he found a place that place is still in existence so i'm not gonna name that place okay um but i can describe how maybe that could be part of the the ingredients to as to why it became the worst show ever okay it was a small venue and it is hard to get to driving okay. in in Atlantic because it's on a one-way street. And then once you get in to the venue, at that time we're not quite sure what like what is the parking situation here. Okay. As far as like and this is a big issue in Atlanta like you know they will boot you in a hot minute. So okay. yeah. you know as far as like is this property okay to park in? Is this property okay to park in? Like, you know, whatever. And then the layout of this venue is also where once you get into, I guess it's driveway. Yeah. There's an alley that you got to curve around sharp, super sharp alley. <laughs> okay. To get to the one parking lot that you do got to pay no matter who and no matter what. Oh, okay. Um, to get to past the dumpster in a very shady part of town <laughs> and it's like okay so once you get here to the venue it's, it's small you get into that driveway then you figure out like okay so you can't park over there so you gotta go around the building almost three like almost a complete loop around the whole right. building to get to where you gotta park and, and it's you're like saying that the parking that is designated for the venue is a pay lot you're saying yes okay oh yes <laughs> that's unusual too. yeah <laughs> exactly so yeah. it's just like oh my gosh okay so but i felt like at the time it was a favorite for a friend and it was like you know good idea and all that good stuff so i knew i kind of what i was getting myself into when i i said yes and okay. you know in the, in the spirit of like you know as far yeah, as the venue like you had been there before so. i yeah, yeah i i knew what that venue looked like I never took equipment there, and that was, yet again, another <laughs> right. potential situation that was about to happen. So once I you know, maneuvered my way into that parking lot and figured out, like, it was, and I'm always punctual. <laughs> That's another problem yeah. where I'm always punctual <laughs> when they say it's a problem. It's like when they say loading is at 730, guess what? I'm there. Yeah. But yeah. nobody was there. Oh, man. It was locked. Door was locked. Nobody was there. But, you know, again, I was like... But at the same time, it was a paid parking lot. Oh. So I couldn't really leave. Right. Or leave my car. Or I was like, well, okay, how... Like, how... Like, in my friend, I can only reach him, I think, through email at the time. It was like, I don't even think I had a cell phone. If I did, it was like, really, like, 
the new thing called texting. So I was like, um, so I think somehow I waited it out. And again, because I'm punctual, I, I would assume like things would start on time, but of course they don't. And there's five acts. So right. again, this is where the time, time is what made this the worst. <laughs> and I would say too, I expect shows to start late. Mm-hmm. A lot, that just happens so much that I come to expect it. Yeah. But a loaded time, that's when you're saying, hey, be here and I'm going to mm-hmm. unlock the door. Like, don't say that time if that's not the time. Exactly. Uh, I mean, if if it's like, I understand if, you know, nobody's here yet, hey, we'll push it back another hour to start or a half hour, however long. That kind of, I get. But... There's no, there's no real good excuse for. Yeah, and that's you know, and it's very frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Even to this day, you know, you're just like, okay, yeah, yeah. You know, but yeah, once somebody did finally showed up and unlocked the doors, I was able to unload, and I think this is also helpful in that I never wear heels. Okay. But. I don't either. <laughs> not a good idea yeah especially for moving equipment exactly and so (laughs) that is where i decided i needed to i did wear heels oh you did i did see i did i was like i'm gonna get fancy and i'm gonna wear some heels i'm like i like i like to shock people with like what they think they're about to see with what they're actually about to see so you know my music so it's like you know i was gonna be like you know shock people but i should have in retrospect brought an extra pair of shoes okay but I did not. And so I had to walk all my equipment in heels because I wasn't going to go barefoot in that alley with <laughs> right. glass and all that other craziness oh, going on. Yeah, in future, I was like, yeah, always bring some shoes. Right. Always. But uh, yeah, so that was one thing. And then, of course, once you're waiting around for everybody else, the <laughs> I, I will just say this also. One of the other reasons why I kind of accepted this particular show is because I kind of knew I was going to go on first or close to first. Okay. And early on in Nerd Queen career, I'm okay with going first. And believe it or not, that helps me get more control <laughs> over my set. Okay. Because as you know, I'm sure it's like when you start putting more and more people on a set. Yeah. They, you know, once things get behind, people get cut or they tell people you need to cut your set right or, you know things you said there like were that. five acts on this one yes yeah yeah that's a lot yeah so that kind of helped me knowing that i'm gonna be first and i get to do my whole set right you know you so. know you're not gonna get pushed back <laughs> yes if, if i mean not too much mm-hmm. yeah but things get exponentially more unpredictable the yeah. later you are in the set unless exactly. unless somebody who's running it i mean that's the exception right if, if whoever's running it is sort of a whip cracker then then it it's fine. And there's mm-hmm. some places where I trust it because I know this person is saying, no, we got to be done by midnight. So you really have to start at eight and you really have to start at nine. Yeah. And, and none of that was happening. None of that was happening. That's rare. I don't, I don't get into a lot of situations yeah. where that is the case. But I think even there was an element of they did not even contact the whoever the sound person was. Oh, Okay. Or there was a miscommunication of, like, my friend, he, he is a sound engineer, so he had a co- capability of doing it. But for some reason, I guess the venue was like, no, we have a person, you know, they didn't want oh. to touch okay. their stuff. So somehow that was a miscommunication of to where, like, okay, where is the sound guy? Right. And so now they have to go, 
either find him and let him know like, hey, we need you tonight or whatever. You're going to get right. paid or whatever. So there was that. And then also within that, of course, everybody wants a sound check, but not everybody's going to get one. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and that's where the political, like, you know, like, uh, you know, it turns into like this jungle of like, who's going to get what? Who's going to get what? Who's more important, basically? Okay. Yeah. You know, if you, if you, you know, whatever, if you <laughs> complain, you get more attention or whatever. So I don't even recall doing a sound check. And that's another thing. What I'm always like, I'm OK, because I've got good pitch and I'm OK. So I don't require a sound check. And then my other friend who also does noise, I guess once we got in there and we started looking around, seeing and talking and stuff, and we're like, oh, yeah, this is interesting. I I don't think he (laughs) had a sense of, like, this is going to be terrible either. Okay. But we were just, you know, just observing the thing because this was kind of a new thing for this venue because normally it was a venue or is still a venue that – most other acts that are booked at this venue is what is typical of what a lot of people think African American music is. Okay. So I'll just say that. So okay. I don't think they were used to having like that kind of variety. Right. In what do you mean their like, house? Like hip hop, soul, anything in particular, or just like. No. Yeah. Like a... Yeah, they weren't used to rock and roll. Okay. I don't know if they had. And again, this might have been that part of that growing element of the other ba- other two bands that had like guitars and drum kits okay. and all this other stuff, right? To where it turned into a, you so know, they just a thing. you mean specifically like that they don't usually have bands. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was just curious. I mean, obviously, like music made by Black folks in America, there's even that is still a wide yeah. category from R and B to hip hop to jazz to whatever. But you're saying this was like more usually like hip hop and yeah. stuff where there's not where there's not a band. Not a band okay. and I don't think they knew how to handle people with lots of equipment coming okay. in and out. Oh, okay. Gotcha. With the logistics and all the, right, the thing. Right. So yeah. It it turned more and more like me and my friend again sitting there we were like Ooh, yeah, that's an interesting band. Ooh, that's another band. It's like um, the first three acts, yeah, we were either a solo or a duo. The next okay. two were full bands. Right. Of at least, that emo band was at least four people. Mm-hmm. It might have been five. That last heavy, heavy band, I think it was five people. Yeah. Each with instruments. Right. So with that... That's where again it, it really just got ugly. Okay. But <laughs> did they find the sound person? Yes, he finally he showed did. up. Okay. Finally showed up. And so I think maybe one band got a sound check by then because it was almost time to open the doors. Right. You know? And right. then we were like, Okay, well let me just do what I do and yeah. Move on my merry way. <laughs> so, and when when I say I've learned how to dictate my own show, even from load in to breakdown, the moment I get in there and I set up, I know in my own brain what I need to do to set up, and yeah. then I also know how how fast I need to get off. Right. I include that in my set. Yeah. A lot of people don't do that. Right. And that's how I get getting booked a lot because <laughs> like, I'm, I'm brief I'm like I get in I get out right. I don't cause any problems right. and I'm done and so I did my set and then my friend he did his set and then I think the duo they did pretty okay 
And then the emo band, you know, of course, you've got to get all their stuff on yeah. the on the thing. And then, of course, the drummer wants a check, and everybody wants a check. Right. And that's where the heavy, heavy rock band started getting really agitated. Okay. Because they were feeling like, we're not going to... Like we're gonna not end up not end up playing or just yeah, or too get cut or not end up playing. And as you also, I'm sure you know, it's like when people book shows and they bring out bands, they you know, some bands they don't actually play out a lot, so right. they'll end up getting like friends and family to come out right, to right. their show. And so part of maybe that agitation, I'm trying to reason this. Up. I'm trying yeah. to, you know, make it okay. It's like, you know, they want to, it's like a recital. It's like, we, we get to see our friends play. We get to see right. our family play. Like, mom came from whatever, and she's okay. coming to see us play, whatever. Do so you feel like the last band had that going on? I or? feel like, actually, at least two of those bands, the emo band and the Okay. The so other. both last, and that's a different dynamic, too, mm-hmm. because when you got family coming out, who in some cases maybe don't, Aren't used to being up super late, exactly. and now it's late, and you're like, "Man, my grandma gotta go." Home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it yeah. was more tension. But did they not know they were going last, or I think they knew. They just didn't. They didn't realize. They that didn't realize that things were getting pushed back, pushed back, right. pushed back, pushed back more yeah. and more. And yeah, uh, you know, I'm what 43 now, but it was like young kids. Yeah, you know, they don't understand the the bigger picture of, you know, a lot of things, you know, when you're, you're young, you just start a band, you're like, oh, I'm going to take over the world, I'm going to rock, <laughs> and I'm going to play some music, and they're yeah. going to listen, they're going to sit, and yet another issue, which again, between those two other bands, yeah. I'm okay with not playing all of my songs in the world, right? but I have come across lots of bands <laughs> that when they finally get a show, or this when they play a show, we have, so that's how we're going to play all play. the songs, yeah. all of them. <laughs> And, it's, you know, sometimes you got to be mindful. <laughs> I'm laughing so, right now because I just got this, like, really intense flashback of me being that person in high school <laughs> and being like, we only have, you know, we have, like, six songs. And so mm-hmm. we play six songs. And every time we add a song, it means our set gets longer and, and realizing at some point. That, no, there's a good amount of time for a set. It doesn't depend on how many songs you have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So there's still a lot of people that need to learn that. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then it's like even for the the audience themselves, it's like even if you are awesome, like we don't need to hear you for an hour and a half. Yeah. We no, really don't. Especially it's like, on a five band bill. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, we don't. You know, but yeah, yeah that's also. Once that that emo band finally got started, you know, and they were like playing and playing and playing and playing, and then you know the heavy, you know, heavy rock band was starting to get. You could see them; they're pacing, they're walking around, they're asking, like how, looking so around. How long did the emo band play? I think they played maybe forty-five minutes. Okay. Getting it's a, close. It's long for a five-band bill, but yeah. I, I was I was afraid you were going to say they played for an hour. And oh hour. no! <laughs> oh gosh, no. <laughs> But uh, it was maybe 45 minutes getting close to an hour, and that's where, like, the boiling point really yeah. hit. Because they kept saying, oh, and this song, you know, and of course they want to talk between every song. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so you see the other, like, by this time, this is something else. Well, because of the logistics of the, the venue, I had already loaded up. But I was nervous about doing that because, again, it was in a shady part of town. Oh, you don't put your stuff I already put car. my gear in my car. Yeah. 
And I was, you know, kind of just like, well, okay, well, as long as there's other cars around, I'll be cool or whatever. And there was only one way into that parking lot and out, too. Cause, uh, so you were keeping an eye on it? Well, I couldn't because there was no oh, window. Right. Okay. <laughs> and so I was hoping, like, it would be cool. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Whatever. And I kind of wanted, I wanted to, again, support the, you know, all the bands, yeah. too. And that's kind of rude when people leave. And it's, you know. But at the same time, I was also seeing like, oh, things are things look don't look so good, okay. you know. <laughs> so as far as like this other group, you could tell it by this time they started talking to the sound guy, right? And saying you could see them with their little little black t shirts on with the muscles and like <laughs> looking angry, and you know you could see it, and you're like, uh oh, what's oh no, you know what's gonna about to happen? Yeah. And like I said, I'm luckily I was like, ooh, thank goodness, and I told my friends like, ooh, I'm already packed. <laughs> <laughs> we can't get out of here. We're stuck. Yeah. So, you know, just kind of laughing it off or whatever. And then my other friend who put this bill together, you know, bless his heart. Like, he was, you know, I don't want to say they gave him a hard time. But, yeah, they kind of gave him a little bit of a hard time, too. But a lot of those things were out of his control as far as, like, you know, you got to deal with the venue. And their kind of rules as far as, like, well, we couldn't get in. And they didn't want me to do the sound and all this and that, blah, blah, blah. Right. So, as this emo band was still playing, yeah, they got to the point where they were, like, telling the sound guy, he's like, you know what, we we want to play. We want to play, like, right now. And I think out of definitely alcohol was a, a factor in okay. this. Right. Um, so, the sound guy, I think he said something to the other band that was on the stage as far right. as, like, oh, yeah, you got, like, whatever, two more songs or five more minutes, something like that. And then... One of them said something kind of like, well, we're going to do what we want. You know, so. One of the emo bands? Yes. Okay. <laughs> on the stage, while on the stage. To so like, the sound guy? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. And, you know, I mean, again, young 20 something guys yeah. with alcohol and they're they full of like, oh, yes, this is our chance. This is our chance. You know, get yeah. a little. They get <laughs> I'm a little just brave. too because this. I mean, not everybody feels this way, but generally, like, if you do it for a while, you kind of know, mm-hmm. like, the sound guy, even if the sound person is not great, you stay on their good side. You yeah. Wanna, you want to be friends with them. <laughs> yeah. Because they have, they have everything you do in the exactly. palm of their hand. Yeah, they didn't and, know. And I can't imagine giving the sound person lip. <laughs> yeah, you know, when that snarky kind of like, yeah. you know, whatever. And, of course, yeah, that did not make the other band any less, you know, <laughs> happy. Um, and, basically, they went in and played another one more song. And then, after that song, they were about to play another song. Okay. And that's when the heavy metal, like, heavy rock band basically almost rushed the stage. Like, literally. Okay. And it was like... You know, think about that scene from The Color Purple. And they're like, everybody's like, uh-oh. <laughs> <gasps> you know? So it was like the one guy from that, you know, heavy rock band, was he was like, I'm done. We're doing this. Like, and he tried to bum rush his stage. And, like, like start bringing their stuff onto the stage? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. And then another guy was like, no, no. You know, and then the other, you know, the, the emo band was like, whoa, 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 we're going to fight. You know, whatever. It's like... <laughs> What is happening? Yeah. (laughs) It turned into like, what is about to happen? And there's only one door in and out. 
Okay. <laughs> and so I was, you know, me, I, I don't know. I was like, you know, I'll be fine. I'll just go hide somewhere. Or you pick a side, decide who you're going to fight. No. A brawl. <laughs> you're like, I was like, I'm, I'm trying more, to find I'm, a way I'm out. I'm these metal guys. I'm going to be on their team. <laughs> I was like, well, see, the thing is, I saw all of what was happening yeah. because I got there on time for loaded. <laughs> right. So, again, another issue that pops up is when other bands just show up. Right. They think, like, oh, I'm just show up and start playing or whatever, you right. know? And they didn't see that it took a while to get the sound guy. It oh, okay. took, you know... They, they weren't even there yet when that was happening. No. Okay. Yeah, so all they know is, like, they're drunk now and we're ready to play. And right. our people are here, so we need to get off the stage. Yeah. And so it was literally the, a moment of, oh, God, oh, God. Like, they were, like, seriously, like, it was like, oh, instruments, what's going to happen? And enough people <laughs> literally, like, pulled some people to the side and say, no, let's stop, stop. Like, seriously, yeah. this is not yeah. cool. And... I was like, I can't believe my eyes are seeing this. Like, <laughs> happening? I was like, oh, yeah, okay. And so they finally calmed the, the other band down, and, and they were like, okay, yeah, we're going to get off the stage now. Okay. So they got them off the stage, and they were, you know, like, it's like, yeah, we'll buy you some beers, guys. Sorry, whatever. You know, trying to Wait, make the, it. Who, who was saying that to who? The emo band. Was saying yeah. that to the heavy band? Yeah. Okay. They were like, we're sorry. Yeah. Okay. It's so cool, whatever. And then, you know, my, my friend who put the bill together, of course, he was just like, what are y'all doing? You know, so, and he, I don't know if, I think he even offered them some drinks, too, I guess. You know, to be like, you know, calm down. Yeah. And, yeah, it was it was tense. Okay. It was tense to the point where I was like, you know, this can't, we can't have this, y'all. Like, <laughs> it's already bad enough when people call the police on black people. It's like yeah. we're trying to do something, right. and we I don't want to be on the news. <laughs> and one of the more famous black clubs right. that play music, live music, and that's another rare thing in this city where there's not a lot. Right. that play live music and when they do it's a certain kind right. and so it was like oh, let's, let's not do this right, right. and again my feet were hurting that was another concern I had I was like <laughs> I'm trying to get out and my feet are hurting and that's the other reason you I was like, join the fight yeah you were like, oh, I'm gonna heal. <laughs> <laughs> I was like my feet hurt oh my goodness and so yeah it was getting it was really late by then okay. you know and um they were able to at least play some of their songs. They yeah. did play, of course, their full set. Right. Most of their people probably had left by then. Right. You know, because, you know, yeah, they, you know, it was weird like that. But I will say this by the end, I don't know, I think, I don't know one of the reasons why I actually stayed the whole night, which I, again, I don't know, I, I'm a good sport about like, you know, supporting everybody. Yeah. But I stayed the whole night and I talked to my friend, the guy that put the show together, and I was like, oh, so sorry. I, you know, hopefully, you know, this is not going to be something that happens a lot. And he's like, yeah. It's like I'm definitely I want to do this again, but definitely somewhere different, and you know somewhere that I have more of a communication with, and all this other yeah. stuff. And as far as like the other two bands, like even that duo, they left. They played their little thing and they left, and yeah. that was kind of, they were gone. But then my other friend that also played the show, he was there. And what happened, you know, towards that end, 
And I was trying to drive out of there, out of that steep. And that was another problem. That once you get a car lot full of cars and you're trying to maneuver out of, like, say, a catacorner out of a alley and all this other stuff, I did not do my timing well enough in that. I was like, crap, yeah, the other band's unloading now. Oh. And so I'm yeah. like, I got to back my stuff, the whole thing back. Yeah. So that they can unload. Oh, and I should have, I should have just left. But anyway, so, but I did notice once they let me through that the other two bands, they were making up. And oh, they were like, we're sorry. Yeah. But it was really tense. Like, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen an actual fight fight break out on a stage um, that I was performing in, right. a, in a venue. I may have seen something like if I was watching some other people, like right. you know, pre- you know, like pretend fight or whatever. You know that. Yeah, I was trying to think if I, I mean, I don't, I don't think I ever. Yeah. Not, not live. Yeah. Yeah, and so I felt like, oh my gosh, if they're like about to throw like drums and boxes, <laughs> right, and fists and stuff like that, I was like, oh my goodness, this is like, wow, not yeah. good. Doesn't look good for the first. Again, this is right after the first Afro punk documentary. Right. And he wanted this to be like something to, you know, go to the papers and be like, look, look at all this cool stuff right, we're doing. Right. It's like, that would have not looked good. And I'm guessing, <laughs> I haven't seen the, the film, but I'm assuming, is it focused on like New York or is it is it more like widespread? Well, it was um, James. It's mostly documenting his life at first okay. as a you know young punk in this on the scene where he he was talking about how he's like the only one and you know and he'll look around and he'll see somebody else and like oh I see you you know right. and that inspired him to do the documentary okay. on what it would be like to be basically a minority on a music scene right you know as far as even like a participant not necessarily even a, a band member but I think he covered both angles on that so it was more like what is it like to be a black person in the punk scene right you know so for I think if he focused it a lot like in his general area at the time but you're not sure if that was New York or I think it was New York that's my guess yeah that's what I when I think of early Afropunk I think Mm -hmm. New York but I don't know I think that's where he lived yeah and then the whatever we call Afropunk now, <laughs> yeah, I make no mentions on that. So I don't think James is James was not associated with what people think Afropunk is now. He okay. was not at all okay. associated with any of that. Like okay. he is the originator of that name because of the documentary, and I think the movement that grew after the fact, he kind of stepped away from it. Oh, okay. And so once he stepped away from it, it turned into a, another thing Okay. that, you know, right now a lot of people are not happy with. Okay. And that's actually inspired him to go back and revitalize his film. And he's trying to do um, some screenings around the country right oh, now. Cool. Yeah. So, so if anything, you know, you know, there's some ki- you know, lots of kids out there that have no idea yeah. where it all began. Yeah, you know. So well, and I just imagine it's. I mean, you know, I, I live on the road. I I go sort of all over, and I'm curious what that is in New York compared to what that is. You know, I know I know folks in little towns, in the middle of America, 
that are the only black kid, mm-hmm. like in their group of friends, who you know, and they listen to the whatever music that their friends listen to. You know, yeah. I mean, music. I feel like especially in high school when you're young, it's it's largely social, too, where you you get into what you get into because of what you're exposed to and what your parents listen to, what your friends listen to, whatever. But um, that's, I mean, that's a, that's a whole other thing, I imagine. Like being in a town where there's hardly any music scene or where there's a very small, you know, tight-knit music mm-hmm. scene and being the only, like, Latinx kid or the only black kid or the only whatever um, is, is a whole other thing. And I, I think... Uh, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying as far as him originating the name, but that phenomenon of being a minority within a scene, I mean, that's, I'm sure that's got many, many different expressions, like all over the world and all over mm-hmm. the U.S. in particular. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I just, when you said that, I I think of friends of mine in, like, Springfield, Missouri, who are, like, doing something that nobody else is doing and they're like the only black guy doing that, yeah. that stuff and uh, and friends that are you know in all kinds of just like smaller towns just doing what they do and there's I mean I've said this I, I think I've probably said this a number of times on this show but one thing that I'm fascinated by little towns is sometimes there's not enough people for there to be separate scenes oh. and so um, you end up getting like punk folks and hip-hop folks and noise and hardcore and whatever all end up playing shows together because that's all we got like yeah. you know there's only four or five bands in the whole town so they're gonna yeah. play shows together you know mm. so then within that obviously then too if you're the only black kid or you know the only woman the only girl you know then you just you hang with whoever is into what you're into I yeah. guess, you know to some degree um, so I'm curious though too for with this with this uh, <laughs> you said that you, you came away from and decided never to wear heels to a show again <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> was there anything else that you came away from it going okay I'm going to do that different after this well hmm I wouldn't... I don't know. You're still punctual. You didn't change that. No. (laughs) (laughs) I know because you got here early. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's see. When I book shows now, like, well, I I mean, I play in a few bands now. But as Nerd Queen, what I think I would do a lot differently would be... I would definitely know, like, have numbers of venues. That's one thing that I failed at. But then again, they weren't there anyways. <laughs> Even if right. I called, nobody would have answered. Right. Um, but you're saying now you would you would tend to have more communi- direct communication with the venue. The venue. And just, like, hope that the promoter has it all yes. unlocked. Yeah, I would get definitely more information yeah. on, like, the venue and things like that. It's like, I know it sounds like, you know nerdy or whatever but oh I'm a nerd queen you are the nerd queen (laughs) so it's like you know it's like I mean there's that glamour maybe that's the reason why some people do leave um playing music because they have this fantasy of what it is to you know play music and they don't you know their their dreams get dashed and they think like oh it's gonna do all this and all this but then a lot of people don't realize the logistics of the right. work that has to go into it to make it successful. Right. 
And I hate to say this, and I hate when people say this to me, it's like, well, artists are not thinky or whatever. You know, it's like, yeah, we kind of are. There are a lot of us that are, that have, you know, this have organization. We can do things. We don't, right. it's not, we're not flighty. We don't need our hands held. I mean, but would you say, to some degree, you're talking about yourself as an exception mm. within, I mean, and I'm I'm not... I'm not shitting on artists, but but there are a lot of I always forget what's left brain and what's right brain, but there's there's there are folks who are very creative but not super organized mm-hmm. that that flock to music. I mean or to flock to art in general, right? Yeah. Not that's not everybody, but there is I would guess there is a more than a more than usual representation of that that class of folks. Yeah. Within the arts. Um and that's just part of what you kind of adapt to, I think. Because I'm also one of those... I mm-hmm. use, I'm usually punctual. I usually try to... Part of it is just being want to be considerate, right? Like, yeah. You, I don't like people waiting on me because I don't like having to wait around for folks. And that's yeah. just like, a, I don't want to do that to you. Don't do that to me. Um, and actually, I was thinking, when you're talking about the last band and them being young, I was thinking about how... I think as as when we're young, especially like when we're kids, you know, it's not like a character flaw. It's just a lack of experience that makes you egotistical. Like mm-hmm. you just, you really as a when you're a little little kid, the world really does revolve around you, and you really yeah have to learn how to see things from someone else's perspective and be able to understand yourself as an object in the world and not just a subject in the world. Right? That mm-hmm. somebody who can get in someone else's way and you know little 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 kids don't like literally don't have the mental capacity yeah. to understand that they are blocking the view for the television or, or that they are like that their body is taking up the wrong space right now or something mm-hmm. like that and then you learn it you know it's just a matter of learning and I feel like when you're 20 you know in your early 20s there's still that like you have some idea of like we're here we're here to play our songs but you you have to actually learn like and this isn't really about you like mm-hmm. you're one part of this but there is the big picture and it's you're not the only thing that matters here yeah but same thing with the other band right like yeah somebody usually has to tell you has to convince you like actually there's a good amount of time to play and it's not just however many songs you have it's <laughs> you know you know <laughs> exactly. on a, on a four or five band bill half hour is probably plenty Mm -hmm. uh you know if it was if it was less people maybe 45 minutes is fine but on a five band bill that's too long and but you don't just know that you don't just know that automatically somebody usually has to point that out to you and then hopefully you see like oh yeah yeah good point that's that's Mm -hmm. too long (laughs) exactly but all that is to say that i get i get the the lack of organization partly fueled by those like you know you you've seen bands that you like play you've you've seen music videos or whatever and you have some like you said sort of like fantasy of what it's supposed to be like mm-hmm. and some of it isn't really like that yeah exactly <laughs> um, but I think that's that and then also just yeah learning to be considerate and to understand like you're you're a part of this you're not the whole thing you gotta you gotta figure out how to do your thing without 
being a menace to everybody else. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's definitely, again, I don't want to say survival for me. It's like that's what's made it easy for me to continue to work as Nerd Queen because I'll just tell you now, I do a 20-minute set, a 20-minute set. That includes setting up, break it down. And, yeah, it's like to where they're like, you're already doing it. It's like, yeah, I'm done. Okay. And you do, and this is like maybe some advice for bands out there that, you know, it's easier to have people want you more by giving them less, <laughs> you sure. know? Sure. You know, and then they're like, wow, I want it more. It's like, well, come to the next show. There you go. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, yeah. when is the next show? It's like, well, you know, go talk to so-and-so over there. They're in charge of booking shows. Tell them how much you loved us. <laughs> right. And so that we can be booked here again. Yeah. So, and that's how that works. Yeah. You know, so sometimes those bad shows are about a lot of people just have, just being naive, yeah. you know? Everybody wants to, you know, shine and sparkle. And sure. some people, you, you, they just don't know, like, hey, um, it's right. time you get off the stage. And there's, I was thinking too how there's, there's two sides of that because on the one hand, and I'm thinking about being on tour in particular, maybe more than just when you're playing locally, but you you do kind of need to advocate for yourself, right? Like you also, sometimes you're in a place where nobody there really cares about you. Mm-hmm. And so there's times when, I've, I've played shows where, you know, there was supposed to be a $75 guarantee, but nobody's there. Mm. But it's also a Monday and there was very predictable that there'd be nobody there. Um, at a bar in a small town that has like a couple thousand people in it and then the bartender is telling me that like oh, I don't think I can do the guarantee and I'm like man that's what a guarantee is you need to give me that money and then in that situation it's really counterintuitive for me but I have to summon in that particular case I did summon sometimes I have not summon that chutzpah or whatever to, to say to argue to mm-hmm. say no man <laughs> We talked about this. That's what a guarantee is. You can't give me less than the guarantee. Otherwise, it's not a guarantee. We This was very clear. And then sit there and argue and, and eventually get the money that I was promised. But that there's other times where I haven't done that because I'm just like, man, I don't want to argue about money. Like, And then I'm also thinking, yeah, but I still got to eat and I still got to you know, yeah. pay for fuel. And, and so there is that aspect where sometimes you're, especially on the road, where you... If nobody there is going to advocate for you, you have to be able to do it for yourself. But then, of course, like with anything in life, I guess there's that balance of what is respecting yourself and your needs and and advocating for yourself in that way versus what's being egotistical and like not understanding the whole, you know, that you're a part of. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, folks want to shine, folks want to sparkle and... And to a certain degree, in terms of the survival of bands, of artists, if you don't have some of that, like, drive, mm-hmm. you probably don't last that long. Like, you, you probably, if you're not willing, if you don't really have the desire to like, get out there and sparkle, like you yeah. said, <laughs> you know, to some degree. Um, but then, yeah, if all you care about is your own sparkle, then... Yeah, you can also get a, rep- can also <laughs> get a reputation to, yeah. for being an asshole, and then it's harder to play shows too. Exactly, it's yeah. like even if 
yeah, if you're not nice to the people who can p- potentially put you in the right place, it's not to say that you got to, you know, schmooze or anything. Right. But in a way, yes, you do, but in a professional way. Yeah. You know? And I think of this in particular, I think it's probably even more true on the DIY scene than in, like, the sort of upper, upper echelons of the music industry where it's not about schmoozing, but, but having a reputation for being a considerate and, like, respectful person, I think, goes a long way. Um, you know, if somebody... I, I know plenty of folks who have hosted bands that are shitty. Like, they're, they're disrespectful to the space where they're mm-hmm. staying, like, that night if they're crashing with the host or something. And those folks aren't going to get asked back. And, and we talk, you know, everybody talks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, then you hear, like, oh, man, that band, like, totally puked in the in the bathroom and didn't clean it up and you know there's yeah. a band in, in uh, I don't remember what they're called or I would totally should talk to them but there was a <laughs> band in Spokane Washington who I played with and they they didn't have a microphone stand and they asked to use mine I said yeah of course give my microphone stand they play and it's a pretty rowdy set like they're like I don't remember if it was like punk rock or what but it was like a lot of jumping around and kind of acting crazy and and when they were done you know they packed up and I was talking to somebody else and then when I turned around they had already left and they had broken my mic stand like the mic clip was just broken and it wasn't like a mic clip costs like eight dollars or something it's Mm -hmm. not a big deal but you borrow something and then you break it and you don't even tell the person and you just jet before, (laughs) before they get a chance to see I was like oh man not yeah. playing with that band again. Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, and, that I, and I don't remember the name, but I did write it down. I have notes. <laughs> <laughs> so when I do go back through Spokane, if, mm-hmm. if my friend is like, "Oh, you want to play with this band again?" I, Hold on, let me check. Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, being being considerate along the way. It's like whatever you, whatever aspirations I guess you have as far as like a musician. You don't always need to be looking at the destination, but definitely look at that journey. You never know where your next opportunity, yeah. you know, is going to lead you. you right. Know? And I guess as we're saying it out loud, that's just some general life mm-hmm. stuff, not really specific to music at all. Just, yeah. you know, you act like an asshole and some folks are going to remember that you're an asshole <laughs> yeah. and not invite you to the party or not, not tell you about the job opportunity that they thought you might be good at or something, you know. Exactly. All kinds of stuff. Uh, I am curious, I was just remembering that I think it was like a couple months ago you texted me and said, I think I I think I have my story. But so I, I came in expecting it was going to be <laughs> yeah. a recent thing. I and, thought about it and I was like, you know, I didn't see. And that's why it was so hard for me to remember because this is what my gig is currently now. Like I actually, um, as Nerd Queen, perform for the train stations okay. in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So Atlanta has a really heavy busking law I mean you could busk but there's so many like things you gotta do to to busk so basically it's illegal yeah. you know you can okay. get arrested but um, some of those loopholes is if an entity hires you like for example we're in a library right now so if <clears throat> if the library hired me to perform out on their sidewalk you know three times a week and they pay me and then people just happen to give me some tips on top of that then that's fine okay so Marta, 
the Atlanta train station, they have basically done that, where they've hired a, at least uh, about 20 or so acts. I don't know if everybody is a musician or not, but to go to the different stations yeah. and, and play music. Yeah. And so what I've been running into is like maybe my skin has gotten way tougher in the last year or so. Okay. Where I see a lot of like little things that's like so weird. Like what are you doing? <laughs> okay. And again, I just kind of have to just let it roll off my back. Yeah. And you know, just keep it moving. But one of the things right now that can be irritating where I told a friend this last week and she was like, oh, I've been so mad. It's like, I get that I am an African-American woman that plays guitar right. and sings at the same time. Yeah. And even in this day and age, a lot of people don't see that. And that's kind right. of sad. Right. But <laughs> I, what I get is not white people, but black people, black men. <laughs> right come so close to me to see if I'm actually playing. <laughs> oh, shit. Yes. So, like, from, like, I can understand, like, from the other side of the train station or whatever, right. where it's like, oh, I thought it was a radio or whatever, and, you know, and they come and they see, it's like, oh, okay, that's cool or whatever. So you're just walking along, living life or whatever, and you see me playing right. and you hear me, and then you come, like, literally, like, so close to me just to look at my fingers to see if I'm actually playing. <laughs> I've had at least three or four people do that. Okay. Wow. I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Was, yeah. And then I'm guessing within that situation, there's less of a barrier, obviously, between you and your audience. Yes. Um, so are you playing on, like, the platform or where... Um, no, that's way dangerous. It's like, I'm kind of like in, once we, you get into the uh, station, okay. like uh, near wherever they get, people get their fares. Okay. And most stations have like an upstairs area and then where the platform is. Okay. So I'm always where people go get their cards or money or whatever, that kind of thing. Okay. Kind of close to the, I'll say the front doors. Okay. For a better word. You mean dangerous, like get robbed? Or well, both. Well, plat- you know, I don't want to get pushed off into the train or anything like that. So. <laughs> like you mean somebody doesn't like your music, they're going to push you into the train? You never know. <laughs> and you know what's so funny? It's like when this program started, um, and they're still learning, Marta, you know, yeah. and, and they're learning how to navigate through this where they had to make some changes because, they, yeah, they hired us to play. And the next thing you know, they started noticing more people just showing up. Oh, right. With their, you know, and yeah, you can travel with your instrument or whatever. They they try to do the New York style. You know how, you know, in New York, people will just start playing on the subway. Yeah, I mean, that's most places that have, most places if there's a train and somebody's playing on it, it's it's because they're busking. Yeah. And so, I get that. I mean, yeah. Yeah, but here, like I said, Atlanta right. is really strict right. laws against that. So, yeah, a lot of people started doing that. And so, we had to get... Um, Cards, basically ID cards, <laughs> like okay. we work from. <laughs> so, okay. You know, we had you know that, and people were going and playing on the platform. Yeah. Which again, that's kind of dangerous. I guess I'm you not know? seeing why it's dangerous. I, it, like, dangerous, at least to Marta. I'll just say that. What's that? At least to Marta, the you know the the train facilities. Is yeah, and even there. 
I'm, I, I think I am allowed now to be taking tips, but they kind of discourage me showing it. They're really, they're, yeah, they're really skittish about it all. You know, I still right. do because of, yeah, theft. And I will say this, even though there's not much of a barrier, um, they do strongly suggest that we stick close to wherever they call the MARTA police are. Okay. You know, so that when they do their rounds, they see us. Yeah. And people see them seeing us, seeing them, and all this good right. stuff. Because, yeah, in certain, like, maybe a couple of weeks ago, I felt like, I won't say felt in danger or anything per se, but I knew where that Marta police officer was. Okay. You know, so you that, and out. he was close by. Because, yeah. you know, sometimes people do want to talk, and sometimes I'll stop playing sometimes, but you'd be, again, surprised to know how many people will just start talking to me while I'm singing. That's what I would guess. I mean, I, I'm less surprised because I've also seen that. I've done, mm-hmm. I haven't done a lot of busking myself. I do it every now and again, but I'm terrible at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, I mean, I've had plenty of folks talk to me on a stage. Oh, I've had that too. I've <laughs> had so that too. And so then I figure, you know, in a train situation, they just, people are, man, what you doing? Yeah. And, and it's not like, now my setup is a little different. Like, I have a speaker. I have a mic. Yeah. And I, all that good stuff. My little music stand and all. And I'm looking pretty professional. So it's not like yeah. I just ran up on anything, you right. know, and just start playing. It's like, right. I have a little setup. Yeah. And, yeah. And oh, that was the other issue that's going on right now. It's like people asking me, like, hey, can I sing? I was like, no. <laughs> I didn't think of that. No. <laughs> yeah, and I told my... Um, my turn. I guess, yeah, exactly. I think it's like open mic. I was like, uh-uh. It is not. It is not. Because first of all, it's my equipment. And second of all, you're not getting paid. <laughs> so you're not under contract. I don't want my contract messed up. Do you, do you tell people, like... Um, this is my job. Like, do you? It sometimes it depends. Okay. Yeah, because I don't. You know, and it's, good, it's a good it's a good gig right now. Right. And well, you know, it's a good gig. But as we had just talked about, how and for me, I feel like this is upsetting. Like more people who are creative can get more work if they actually focus more on that business end. Sure. And be on top of you know what people are asking for. So when they when Marta first started looking for I knew it was going to be basically an open audition right they kind of frame I hate the way they framed it they framed it like American Idol or whatever oh. and yeah <laughs> but I, I wasn't too keen on that but I knew it was basically an open audition where okay. a live audition in the stations or whatever but basic instructions like it must be live music you have to have an instrument no pre-recorded anything right. um a lot of people who showed up, they were like, oh, here's my CD. And they're like, in the instructions on paper, it said in the email, right. no pre-recorded tracks. Right. You know, and so I feel like when people are more... I, sharp, I don't, you know, it's not an insult. Like, I want people to pay more attention to what... Like, if you want something bad enough... You really need to dot your I's and cross your T's and all this other good stuff. Make sure that you're doing what they say that they want, Mm -hmm. you know, to get that job. Because it's just like, it is a job. It's a job. And that's another, you know, issue I have sometimes with, you know, people who get into music. And I don't realize there's a lot of work involved. It's fun work, but it is still work. Yeah. 
And just like when you go to your whatever day job, you got some things you got to do. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, the when you said, like, New York style, that made me think of... Um, so, so, like, Chicago is another town that has pretty strict busking laws. And you can get a license, but it costs money. Mm-hmm. And they're not paying you. It's not like Marta paying you, like you have to pay money for a license. Well, that automatically means that it's it favors folks who have the money to pay for the license yeah. and not the poorest folks. And so there's already, you know, this class issue there. And then the first time I became aware of it, I think I was I was in the loop just like downtown and was watching these kids play drums on buckets. And they were killing it. And I was I was probably like 19 or 20 or something. And I was just like, holy shit, I've never seen anybody play that good on like the bottom of a bucket. It's so good. And then it got, all of a sudden, these kids were just running. And I was like, what? What happened? And then there's like a cop chasing them. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, and I guess so in general, I side more with. I love that there's that these kids are out there doing it, and mm-hmm. like I'm aware that it's illegal, but a lot of things are illegal that I yeah, don't think that's true. To be illegal, so I don't necessarily side with the law. Yeah, um, a lot of time. But I wonder, for what I hear you saying, is not so much that you think it should be regulated the way it is, but that given that it is, that's the situation. Mm-hmm. And so, if you want to do it, you kind of have to understand. There's what, some what the things to do. Yeah, I totally. Yeah, I would love Atlanta to have this non you know busking issue it's not i'll say this i'm a person that yeah if there's a restriction i i'm more than willing to find a way not to say get around it but keep it you know like it's not a roadblock for me to me right like i I said you know i figured out that other businesses small businesses will hire you to do that and that's what i figured out Um, farmers markets Sure. That's where I really started, you know, getting more um, experience as a busker, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, it serves like I love that the idea of local food and all this, you know, one of my yeah. co- like favorite causes. And it's not necessarily about like sticking it to the man, like right. whatever. It's like as a person who wants to make a living, yeah, being creative, depending on where you want to go with that, there's certain things you really do have to go through. Right. You know, and if that's not what you want to do, then there are other avenues. Right. And it, all of those avenues have something, you know, they got some set of guidelines or rules or something. Right. You know, so it's not an, an escape of like, well, I'm just going to go pick daisies and play music and, and people are going <laughs> to throw money at me forever and ever and ever. Right. It's like whatever you choose, you've got to figure out, well, what is it that they want so that I can be a part of this right. or do or make it a stepping stone to get to where I really want to do, yeah. you know. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I would love for that day to come where we could, you know, busk in Atlanta freely. But when you did text me and say, "Hey, I think I got a worst show ever for you," was it about the old one or was it about something that just happened recently? It was something. I think it was on. It was in October. But it was a Marta. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yo. Yeah. I think it. Yeah. I'll tell you. <laughs> I mean, if you don't want this to is irritating. About it, yes, I'm yeah. going to tell you. I wasn't sure if you chose not. I, I guess I was trying to say I wasn't sure if you chose not to talk about that one for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And if you, if that's the case, no worries. But 
I was just curious. If, yeah, it was like almost like an irritation, like a flash in the pan of that set of that okay. day, which it happened at the very end, and it was super annoying. Another thing that happens is, which again, not a problem because I do a lot of covers too. People want to sing with you, oh, okay. and that's not a problem as long as you're not on my mic. <laughs> you know, because I've had another situation with my other band where I was in a situation where the lady, oh my gosh, ooh, she's screaming in my ear, off key. Anyway, but beside the Wait, that, your bandmate or just some random some person? random lady. Okay, Ooh, right. that could be another story. But <laughs> it's I'm singing some covers and then I'm singing a lot of my new material that I have yet to record. Yeah. And so another you know way for me to hash it out is just to go ahead and play it and start you know getting used to it and all this good stuff. And there's already one person standing here while I'm like playing and singing some of my on my own things, and this lady comes up. And at first, I'm like, she looks familiar. I'd seen her before. Okay. This happened in October, the second time. I saw her before in July at a different station. Okay. We actually talked, and she seemed nice and everything. But she would, she was like, she's like, you should be singing this. You should sing this. Blah blah blah. Whatever. I was like, okay, okay, whatever. You know. And on one of my songs, she tried to sing with me. Okay. <laughs> Then, okay, and I'm like, you can't sing with me because like I wrote this, and she's like, no, 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 you know, I think she was like, this sounds like this song, or I'm gonna sing it, and I was like, whatever. So this was was in July. Was she singing words or just sounds or? I think she was making sounds. I kind of just like put it out (laughs) on that one in July, and so she showed up again at a different station. This is where I was just like. What? Right. You know, so she, she I'm like, how did you find me? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. How did you find me? Well, the other side is you're playing at the train station. Yeah. Folks ride the train. Yes. And I guess most of the people that hear you, it's happenstance, right? Like they're, they're Sometimes, on the way to some, yeah. something and they're like, oh, there's music. And they might stop and mm-hmm. and hang. But it's, it's, it is fundamentally different than, a, than other kinds of shows where people are there. Mm-hmm to see music in this case I'm guessing that's sort of the idea is like your music is sort of this thing that they experience for however long but but on their way to somewhere yeah 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 and the timing was that I was like man okay back in July if she was going home see I literally was like in my brain thinking like how did she find me it's like where like why if she's leaving work and she was at that other station across town why is she here like <laughs> like how did she find me and so she was standing there for a minute she didn't sing first because the other lady was standing there and then we talked and I was like, well, you know, because the other lady, we had talked before I started playing, and I was t- showing her basically some songs, and I was like, here's another song. And, and so I didn't want to interrupt that groove for her. And then she started talking again. She was like, you know, that song needs to be in a different key. It needs to be higher. It needs to be higher. Okay. I was like, I wrote this. I'm thinking in my brain, I wrote this song. Oh, she Is means that like you're singing it wrong? Like, yes. Okay. <laughs> She's like, it needs to be in a different key, this song. Okay. I was like, thinking in my brain, I wrote this song. It right. fits my voice. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and so I was like trying to ignore her for the sake of the other lady. And then one of the CEOs from Marta walked by okay. with her grandchild. Okay. And I'm actually, that was kind of glad in that she kind of got that lady out of my 
face. Because okay. she started, you know, like her granddaughter was like, I don't know, like six or something. And she stopped. I didn't know who she was. Okay. And after I sang another song, she was like, here. She gave me her card. She was like, thank you for playing with us. And all this stuff. And we chatted a little bit. And that made the other lady go away. Because I was like, I don't want to talk to you. And <laughs> it was in my set. And I was like, I don't want to have this conversation again with her. Right. About this song that I wrote. Yeah. You're telling me it's in the wrong key. So then she, was she hanging out for a while? A little bit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and eventually she kind of just went away because after, like, there's two other people there. I was like, yeah. yeah, go go away. And this lady was dressed like, you know, business, casual. Like, she, if she works at a bank or something or an office, it's not like she was, like, throwing away in the world or anything. It's right. like, she just, and I was like, why are you bothering me, like, on this level? You know, and it was it was kind of irritating in that, like, it's like it's one thing if you're trying to sing with me, then you're going to critique my songs and say that they're in the wrong key. Because you can't sing in that range. It's not my fault, and they're my songs. <laughs> you know, so. I didn't even think of this, but it would be funny if she started making other suggestions that were, like, really geared towards her. Yeah, like, that's what, that's what like she was doing it. Alto song, alto voice. I would not I, be surprised if I she should. I think, actually, you should change that word in there. Mm-hmm. Instead of this name, you should use this other name. That's yeah. my husband. You know? Exactly. <laughs> I would not be surprised if I ran into her again. She'd be like, can you? I think that's what she wanted. She wanted me to lower it down so she could sing it in 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 her range yeah it's like i have i have like i don't know what my range exactly is like maybe almost four who knows but it's like i was singing in one of my upper upper ranges and that was like way too high for her right <laughs> she was like that's too high it needs to be down. i was like <laughs> what <laughs> oh man but so, yeah that's not the worst show ever but it was one that that crushed your <laughs> mind it's, it's like what is it bizarro yeah like if yeah, yeah if i was writing a book or whatever or doing a blog it was like, people, y'all, you don't realize how hard it actually is to be a live performer. <laughs> I was thinking that. Well, and when you said the thing earlier about um, never seeing a fight on a stage, I went through my head just trying to think, have I ever seen a fight on stage? I don't think I have. I mean, nothing comes to mind. But then just when I was sort of going over anything that was even vaguely in that category... I did think of one of the few times where I wasn't going to fight anybody, but where I was almost said some stuff that might have made somebody fight me. Mm-hmm. And it was, I was playing at a, like a brewery in Berkeley, California, and I was playing with the band, which is like a two-piece, and we were not well-suited to this place. And I knew that going into it. It was the kind of gig, I just got it because it was well-paying, and it was going to help for like all the house shows that we were playing that week that weren't going to make any money and this was mm-hmm. going to be like our you know our anchor show but we were like a pretty heavy experimental thing and for this gig we were trying to like tone it down and play quieter stuff because it's really like you're on an outdoor stage a tiny little stage and everybody is just there's tons of people there and everyone's talking and just trying to eat their pizza and drink their beer it's yeah. not it's not really a performance space. It's more of like a background music thing. So it was not ideal, but we knew what we were getting into. And we're like, we just play this kind of like quiet version of our stuff and it'll be fun to do a challenge. We were totally fine with that. But there was a point where I'm playing bass. Actually, the other guy in the band plays bass and drums. A lot of it, he's playing drums. 
but for this part, we're both playing bass. And this guy comes up and is like, I, he starts, he just starts like yelling requests at me. <laughs> and they're all, it's all funk music. Oh like gosh. what we're doing is not funk music <laughs> at all. It's like experimental, but on, again, I'm on the chill side. Mm-hmm. But he's like, yo man, play some Sly. Play some Sly Stone. I want to hear that bass. Slap that bass, man. Come on, man. Slap that bass. And he's just, he's just like, how about some James Brown? You, you know some James Brown? What's some, some Funkadelic? Come on. I want to hear some, some Bootsy. Play, play me some Bootsy, man. And he's just, and I'm, I don't, I'm just trying to not engage. But I'm thinking, oh, man, just leave me alone. I just, I want to get through this. Like, already this is not an ideal gig, but just give me... Just leave me alone. Just give me peace, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to. I mean, it's basically like I'm. I'm. I turn maybe ninety degrees just to like, be clear that I'm not engaging with him. You know that like we're not having a conversation right now. I'm playing the bass, so I just turn away from him. This pisses him off. Like he saw that as rude. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, you can turn away. Like yeah. And then <laughs> he was probably drunk too, right? I mean, this was in the middle of the day. Yeah. It wasn't well, even like a late... He, I mean, he may have been... He wasn't, he wasn't like hammered or anything, but I'm sure he was drinking, you know. But it was definitely like late afternoon or something. It was not like a late night gig. In fact, I think we had like a, a real show later that night or something, if mm-hmm. I remember right. But uh, I was just trying to not engage, you know, and so I kind of turned around and, and he did eventually go away. And then... We finished, I think we were playing two sets. It was like a longer thing where we had to play for three hours or something to get, you know, the money we were trying to get. So we took a break and I was talking a little bit to my bandmate, John, and we were just sort of like, oh yeah, it's it's a little rough, but it's, you know, tonight we'll be playing a house show with a bunch of weirdo bands and that'll be fun. And this is, this will finance that, you know, we're sort of just like talking to each other. The guy comes back up, he goes, Hey man, how come you didn't play no funk? And I was like, man, we're not playing funk. Like you, you know that lots of bands don't play funk. You know that, right? <laughs> you know, what I, mean? <laughs> I said something, and I don't remember exactly what I said, but I definitely had a little bit of like attitude. Yeah. About, you know, like, and I know I, you know, I said, man, I don't go to your job and yell at you how to do it, do mm-hmm. I? And I, I think I said something along those lines, which was what I was thinking yeah. earlier when he, when I was trying to not engage with him was like man I'm up here doing a job you know and you're not my boss so <laughs> don't come up here and tell me how to do my job and then he goes oh light skin nigga think he's gonna tell me what there is he got he, oh he all of a sudden yeah. like made it about him yeah and was like he said something and then my buddy John was like okay fellas uh, <laughs> hey let's just uh, let's, yeah. let's just calm yeah. out of here cause I mean again I'm not a fighter I'm not mm-hmm. about to fight anybody but I also it was like it hadn't occurred to me that he might get like make it personal and get upset and mm-hmm. I wasn't really curving my tongue either and so then John saw that all of a sudden this guy was about to like he looked like he was about to step onto the stage and like mm-hmm. let me know what was up and, and uh John was like, Oh hey guys, well I mean we're all just trying to hang out and have a good time here, right? Exactly. Let's, just, let's just keep it chill, you know. That's funny. And yeah. you know, John John ended up like calming the guy down. It was much, much nicer than I had been and, and <laughs> like some shit. But uh 
you know. Yeah, it's, I, again, it's, I'm glad he didn't. I, I'm not a fighter. I don't know how to fight. I mean, if that yeah. guy had thrown a punch, I probably would have got knocked out. <laughs> Just oh. like then that yeah, would have show up. It's so <laughs> unfortunate. It's like yeah, that's another thing. It's like. I guess just like uh, what a bartender or I don't know waitress, flight attendant, or whatever, where we have to kind of take a certain. I don't want to say have to take a certain amount of abuse, but right. we have to be very diplomatic. Yeah. About things. And, I mean, and it's worth know. saying that, like you were saying, as far as like you know how to find that that niche where you fit in and find a place for you to do what you want to do. Um, but that is part of it, right? Like, it's a different situation. If you're playing in a very public space where you know full well that just anybody whatsoever can walk by and be right there in your face, mm-hmm. it's different than if you play a concert hall. You know, like, there are... And all of these things are still, again, they're connected to class issues, race issues, you know, issues of poverty and, and wealth. But, but if you're playing, uh, you know... Beethoven violin concerto in a concert hall nobody's going to come up and tell you it's in the wrong key because yeah. they have ushers there and yeah. if anybody gets anywhere near the stage they're mm-hmm. going to be escorted out Yeah, you know it's a different situation if you choose to play a brewery like you, I know that this, the stage is only probably a foot off the ground and it's tiny and that everybody's going to be right there next to me and there's no separation you know yeah. and that's that's something I kind of I know going into it, but I'm still not great at when people are disrespectful and, you know, there's times when you can kind of just ignore it. I think I notice I ignore it more if it's some, if it seems like somebody has an actual, if it's like a compulsion or if it's like something that's like a mental health. Mm-hmm. There's times where I've played shows where somebody's clearly not well and they're yelling, you know, at me during the show and I'm like, all right, well... I can't really help it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's just trying to trying to do his thing. Yeah, um, it's like it's annoying, but you know, it's it's not as it's not as, it's not as offensive to me as when somebody knows should know better and, and you, again, you'd be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> right. You'd be surprised. Yeah, and I you know, I think again, it might be a part of the whole naive on the opposite end for audiences on them being naive on how much work it does actually need because I also work as a music teacher so I get new students that'll come in and they they've watched whatever oh I hated the, the era of whatever what it was it uh what was that video game that everybody played on the computer or whatever. The, like, Guitar Yeah, Hero? Guitar Hero, yes. Right. The era of Guitar Hero. Oh, like, everybody would come in and be like, I know how to play guitar already. I played Guitar Hero. It's like, no, <laughs> right. no, you didn't. And you, you know. I don't know. Do you, you teach guitar? Or when, is that, yeah. That's what yeah, I teach guitar and piano and I mean, um, you voice. Guitar. I thought you taught piano, too. I wasn't mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know... And I had a conversation with, a, thank goodness, an African-American girl today. She's picking up the guitar. And I just told her straight on this truth. It's like, you know, sometimes it's not going to be happy-go-lucky. Your fingers are going to hurt. And yeah. it's going to suck. And yeah. it's not going to sound good right now. And she, she's just starting? Yeah. Yeah. Today was her very first lesson. Yeah. You know, and I think she was like, I don't know, 11? No, wait, she was probably a little older than that. Like, maybe 13. Okay. Or whatever. So I was like... 
Yes. Right. I'm always happy when I see, you know, uh, women of color picking up instruments. I'm like, we need more of you out yeah. there. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard on that other end to, we, we've got to, if we want to make, again, make a living as a, a as a musician, there's some things that we just kind of have to, like, be diplomatic and be like, oh, yeah. crap, this is a dicey situation right. or this is a dangerous situation or... Yeah, if you're dealing with the public at large, you really don't know what their intentions are, or right. you know. Even though I, like I said, I do talk to people, and sometimes you know they're friendly or they're funny or they're super excited and they overstep boundaries because they like, oh, this is awesome, you know. Right. And they're like, oh, you're in my space. Now. <laughs> right. oh, yeah. I'm gonna start playing music again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or you know, I love, I do like when people cat. Now I'm not cat call. Uh, what is that other word? Like when you know, they're like, yes, you're doing awesome. Like that was, okay. you know, you know, it's what not like I want it? them. Not, it's like the opposite of heckling. Yeah, it's not I call it heckling, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's like I assume it's only fun. heckling if it's negative. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like someone yelling "you suck" or whatever, mm-hmm. but yeah, if people are just vocal about their yeah rooting you on a little bit, you yeah. know. So I don't mind that at all. Definitely, it's like you know when people get weird and like combative, like right. mad at you, or I've had friends who who do gigs in restaurants and live instruments. Again, we know. If it's not electric, it the sound is what it is. Right. You know, and you would get people say, "Who hey, can you turn that up?" It was like it's a cello. Right. It doesn't have a knob <laughs> on it. Right. You know, so it's like <laughs> people have that sense of wonder yeah. on the good end, but then naivete right. on the other end that can be kind of kind of disheartening for you know performers right you know where it's like that was gonna be this way it's like no it's not always like sometimes it's fun and fantastic or you see a little kid explode with like oh my gosh you're playing music oh my gosh you know and it's super exciting and then you get some other people who are like well can, let me get on that like i'm next you know like, trying to push you off of your own mic or whatever and it's like <laughs> but it's the same energy Really. Right. <laughs> but it's right. like right. a different form. Right. <laughs> it's like they're both Sir, excited. you're being a little child. It's a little too much. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. But yeah. Oh, man. Monica, thank you so much for sharing your stories. Yes. I appreciate you being on the show. Yeah, same here. This episode of Worst Show Ever was made possible by the Patreon pledges of the one of Fryman, Meg Roberts, Christina Poez and Evan Quayberg. If you'd like to support this endeavor, please go to patreon.com slash worst show 